Hello, Josh. Hey, Rob. Damn, that was loud. That's AC for you. It's so and loud. Full blast. Dismiss that shit. Shut me off. There we go. So yeah, that uh, raw is kind of shitty right now, isn't it? <laughs> Bruh, that's what I'm saying. It's like normally I've got something to comment after every m match and shit, and it's like this kind of sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. I was way off on my predictions for the tournament. Um, I'll admit that. But I still think Edge is going to take it tomorrow night. Is that tomorrow night? Yeah, they do this. This the the other six, the two <clears throat> triple threats are tomorrow night, and then they have the semifinal with the two winners, and then at Night of Champions they have the big match with the two finalists to see who takes the title. So Seth Rollins is one. The rematch. Which the rematch? rematch? Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. I mean, Cody's out now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they couldn't have had both of them in the final anyway because they uh, are both on Raw. Yeah. Mind is slipping there. No worries. How is my uh, background noise and stuff? Uh, I don't even hear any. So. <laughs> you don't hear any? No. Am I turned down pretty low? No. <clears throat> I think you're just right. Sweet. I had to... Uh, I had to get a new mic, man. Oh, it looks cool, though. Yeah, I remember hearing about that on uh, the Screens podcast. That sucks. Fucking so mad. 
Uh, I need that title. Uh, Which title? World Heavyweight? Uh, speaks Speaks Groot. Yeah. It's on Marvel Snap. Oh, shit. They got a thing with Terry Berg in here. That's cool. I read Circle of Fire, man. I haven't read it yet. How have I not read this? I you would. I don't know, man. I mean, seriously, you can <laughs> feel disappointed in yourself. I, I am. Cause it's been on my list for years, and I just haven't gotten around to it. You want to know a secret? What? I yeah. didn't hear the title that you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Green Lantern, Circle of Fire. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's funny. Didn't you say that you just recently read Mosaic for the first time, too? Uh, no, I actually haven't read through all of Mosaic, either. Where are we so? Such a trip to me. I know. I, that's why I'm trying to work my way through all of Green Lantern. I've, I've kind of abandoned going through the Silver Age right now because it's such a drag to read constantly. <laughs> it really is. They to, take to go so back and... freaking long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like, every time I pick up a new issue from volume two, uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go through it and check it out and see it. Like I've read issue 100 now. First appearance of Airwave. Airwave. The Hal Jordan should, Airwave. Yeah, should have been a Transformer. <laughs> Probably is. Uh... And like I'm going through the crisis tie-ins right now, where a guy oh, first gets boy. a suit. Yeah, that was some fun shit. I can only imagine you're doing this right before we start to do night terror. <laughs> what in the fuck? I know. The record-breaking three thousand tie-ins in two months. Oh, so I don't know. I I don't think it showed up in the the scans that you have, but. Oh no, it was only in the free comic book day. Did you read the free comic book day issue? For Night Terrors? Oh yeah. Okay, did you see the checklist? Yes, I saw how fucking gigantic it is. There's two more books added on that list that were not announced. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. How many books altogether is it? Um I wanna say it's like twenty four at this point. Uh, give me one yeah. second. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the issue. Yeah. I want to show off a couple of finds. I did not realize, but when I was going through my collecting app, there's four different covers for this issue. 
I now have two of them. <laughs> and now I, I have know to why. go for all four. Hold on one second. I need to stretch this out. The war begins here. Sinestro Corps War? Yeah, the Sinestro Corps special. Which, it was the first part of the, the crossover. That's There's four, di four different covers, each with a different yellow lantern at the forefront. I had no idea that there were that many. Yeah, so I gotta get all four now. I picked up this beauty because I didn't have an issue of Green, Green Arrow number one, and this is freaking gorgeous. Oh yeah, it is. David Nakayama, man. He is amazing. Nakayama is damn good. Um, WWE is not quite. No. Yeah, there's Night, Night Terror's First Blood and Night Terror's Night's End in July and August, respectively. Night's End? They've already got Batman Night's End. in July. Uh, so the, uh, in total for issues, yeah, that's what, 46. That's ridiculous, dude. For just Night Terrors, yeah. I know everybody's talking about how, you know, like some of the books are being postponed for the two months and like, you know, it's not like it's just 46 extra books in, in addition to the others, but that's not the point. It's 46 books for one story. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> and, and it's, it's, and it's such a 46 massive books for, series. It's massive. It's 46 books for one story, and there's no telling how absolute few of... Uh, which one of those will be a part of the few that will be Necessary. required reading. Yeah. Just off the bat, I'm going to say Batman. <laughs> um... Maybe Zatanna. And maybe that's it. I don't know. Perhaps. We shall see. Uh, First Blood is probably just the... Like the... The Alpha issue. And then Night's End is probably the Omega issue. Likely. That's what it sounds like. But Night's, it's, it's calling not, it not Night's End Night's, is stupid. It's not with a K. Night's End. It's just like, like nighttime. Okay. Yeah. Like the end. Of, the end of the night. Yeah. Um. You still yeah. playing Marvel Snap? No. <laughs> I I logged in the other day to get my free card because you mentioned there was a free card. And yeah. I I haven't really played it. Not that I'm against playing it. I just like, I'm so busy with other shit. Yeah, I probably throw down like maybe twenty minutes over the course of the day, unless it's like in late 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 at night. Yeah, I might I might play a little bit longer, like if I can't sleep or whatever. Yeah. The only thing I can say about night terrors, though, the one yeah. tie-in that really interests me the most is Joker, because it's such a wild concept. A wild concept of... Uh, of his nightmare is just regular life. 
He works a yeah. nine to five office job. Sounds right. Yeah, and I really want to see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really the only one that really interests me. Also, these designs for the the nightmare versions of some of these characters are dope as hell. Some of them. Some of them, like the Batman one, is interesting. Superman is odd, but Wonder Woman and Red Hood is pretty dope. Black Adam is very inspired. Because that's, that's very Egyptian-based. I don't really understand Robins. Nightwings is weird-looking. Yeah, Dead Man is scary that. as fuck-looking. Oh, yeah. The uh, Midnight Variant covers from Dustin Nguyen, though, are freaking awesome. Just the red Doctor- and black. Dr. Wonder Woman, I can't tell if it's fucking <laughs> beautiful or or terrifying. Both. It's probably it's just terrifying. Those are Superman. Talents. Superman with the fucking, like, wow. It just looks like, like an angel of death. Skull, and then, I mean, Batman like, is... It looks cool, but I'm Cyclops sure. Batman. I mean, not even just that. It, it, it's a gun for a head. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Zombie Tim Drake, I guess that that looks about right. Yeah. It looks like you know Walking Dead Tim Drake. I do not like Red Hood at all. No, no, I think that looks dumb as hell. Um, again, I I can't tell that I can't tell if I like Wonder Woman if I think it's awesome or if it's com. Or if it's completely horrible. Yeah. It's possible it could be either or. Again, Superman is fucked up. (laughs) Um, Batman as a little kid like that. Yeah. um, Until I looked up at the top, I thought that this was... uh, um, Clarion. Oh, yeah. Then I see the bat that's got the gun for the head. But then I turn a few more pages, and we see a gigantic bat that's got a gun for a head. And it's like, okay, well, that looks scary as shit, but what exactly are we looking at with this whole bat with a gun head thing? Like, how fucking scary could that be? I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll, we'll have see to how see. It goes. Some so of them can... look great. Like that Wonder Woman. It, 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 on one side of that coin, that looks sick as hell. Yeah. On the I other side of that coin, it looks like mortal Mortal Combat Wonder Woman. Yo, don't get me <laughs> started on how much I want this skin in Mortal Kombat 12. <laughs> Wonder What's up, Goku. Brandon? What's going on, man? What's up, Brandon? Hello, hello. Sorry I'm a little late. I had to try and grab a late lunch slash early dinner. No worries. Likely excuse. Likely excuse. Oh. I was really hungry. I mean, we can hear him chewing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a valid excuse. The evidence is, uh, is very much there.
Yeah, we were just going over all the, the Night Terrors tie-ins and how they've added two more. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the, in the, the cool. pre-comic book day issue, they have the event checklist in the middle. Uh-huh. 46 books total across yes. July and August. Yeah. Because yeah. they've added an Alpha and an Omega issue. Oh, of course. Not surprised, but what are you gonna do? Like, like I was saying to Josh, I get what some people are saying. How like most of the books are going on hiatus for two months, so there's less to pick up. But but this is forty six books for one fucking story. Yeah, yeah, for one fucking story. And again, as we said last week, what if you don't like those books? Then Mm -hmm. you're out of your books that you enjoy for two months. Exactly. Like I'm disappointed. I get two issues of Green. You know what, Brandon? September. If I'm, if I'm, like, let's say, you know, if I'm enjoying, I, I mean, I am, but, you know, if I'm enjoying action comics right now and I'm mm-hmm. following the Metallo story and I'm like, okay, that wraps up when it wraps up, let's see what's next, and I have to take a two-month detour for a Night Terrors event that I don't care about, yeah. you know, obviously I'm going to be a little pissed. Yeah. Because I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with the story that I've been following? But, uh, you know exactly. what, Brandon, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to have to be on your side, like, 90% of the way here because... Um, on one hand, it, in the you know, like with endless winter, shit just dropped off for two months, and and you know, poof, event time and everything comes back. Most people are like, oh well, comic books, you know. But the fact that they're doing it and it's going to be very horror themed, there's going to a lot of, be a lot of people that might have been interested in it being a tie-in, but are just going to completely abandon it because they don't like the scary shit. I think maybe having this be a line-wide storyline might have been a bad idea. Yeah. We'll just have to see how it goes. Because you think an event like this probably won't even have lasting ramifications. If it had major ramifications at the end of it all, it might not have been such a bad idea. But it really depends on what those ramifications are. But if there's none, then what's the fucking point? I don't know. What was the point of Dark Crisis or Infinite Frontier? I mean, they did have major ramifications. Oh. What's different now, then? I'm saying, like, this one's probably <laughs> just a simple summer event and is not oh, going yeah. to mean anything in September. Nothing at all. No. It's going to be like Year of the Villain. Nobody's going to talk about it. Like, Ever, ever again. <laughs> talk about it. Uh, I liked Year of the Villain. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. This shit drove me crazy, man. Damn it. I overpaid for this cover. That's fine. Hopefully it goes up in <laughs> Well, okay. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Hello? Yep. Excuse me. Um, all right, guys, you want to get this rolling? I think we should. Yep. All right, hang around, and we will be right back. Whoops. All right. Thank you. 
Hello, humans! It's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show, number 146. The world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. And with me, as always, is Brandon. Hello, everybody. Two more uh, episodes, and we will be at the same numbering of issue when Jack Kirby stopped writing Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. That's your fun fact of the day. I just That's a depressing fact. <laughs> fun. Well, issue, issue 148 exactly, and I, I learned that fact today when he stopped writing for J- Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. So oh, there shit. you go. He's trying to tie it together. Who, I don't have anything else clever. Who took over? Or was that the end of the series? No, no, no. It was someone else, I think. It kept going. It was someone else, yeah. The series went for a long time. Yeah. And Josh. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, Rob. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the uh, fastest person in the race between Superman and The Flash? The, the Flash. The cameraman. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, you got me there. You got me there. I, uh, I can't deny that logic. Clearly, the black racer is the cameraman. Motherfuckers like Lucky too in Mario Kart. Maybe it's Godspeed. Maybe it's um, that other speedster that no one remembers that was also claiming to be a god. Cobalt Savitar. Blue? Savitar. Or Savitar. Yeah. The Avatar of Speed. Savitar. Yeah. Very creative. It's like right. Killamad. <laughs> the mech that kills. Right. <laughs> All right, we're here every week talking about the week's releases for DC. And this week we are looking at Batman Inc. number eight, Spirit World number one, Green Lantern number one, Wildcats number seven, and Stargirl the Lost Children finale number six, as well as some honorable mentions. But before we get into all that, let's get into some news. What's going on with you guys this week? I had to well, buy a new microphone. It wasn't fun. I'm upset oh, about mm. it. I don't have my baby Logitech Blue anymore. I, I don't know. Yikes. It had like 5,000 reviews on it. It was like 4.6 stars on Amazon. But it's called HyperX. I've never heard of it before. And it has an LED yeah. microphone, which has me worried. But um, I mean, It looks freaking cool. <laughs> it, do, it, does look, it does look pretty cool. And... Um, I mean, I guess I guess it sounds okay. Sounds really. Does good. it sound okay to you guys? Yeah. Brandon has no comment. Oh, sorry. No, my my internet is dropping in and out, so I only oh, get like bits and pieces of shit. what you said. So I I all I heard was microphone, and then you you vanished into the void. Oh no! I hate the void. The, the void, void causes problems. Yeah, so I, I don't remember what the, the question was. The void is gonna cause problems later on too. Oh, I just asked if my mic was if my mic sounded all right, but it sounds like it did. Yeah, um, no, I mean I can hear you clearly now. How's uh how's the thing in your neck of the woods? Um, I mean nothing too major to report personally. Um no uh new updates, you know, still just um enjoying some comics and all that stuff but uh 
definitely think we have some some fun, exciting announcements to get to this week. So I'm looking forward to talking about that when we can. Definitely, definitely. There's there is quite a few interesting announcements. Um, but I guess we could talk before we get to the announcements. Free Comic Book Day was last Saturday. I know we mentioned yeah. it last week, uh, but now we've actually had the books released and we've had a chance to go through them. Uh, I think there's some interesting stuff. I picked up my shop had an, I don't know if this is the same rule. They used to be one per person. That's but I think that was, policy, that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that was, I think for the shop that I've been going to my whole freaking life, that was the rule they mm-hmm. had when there was like seven to 10 books. Now there's like 14 to 20. And they said, uh, you can pick six copies or six comics and that's it. So you couldn't yes. even get one of each comic yeah the store i used to go to in high school i think had a limit on six so you had to be very strategic with the ones that you choose um the one that i have near me now in ithaca um it's kind of just like you know first come first serve like you can grab one of everything if you want um they don't really monitor it that closely so i just grabbed pretty much as much as i could uh get my hands on and then of course it's funny rob in our in our discord uh for context said Something like, I love going to free comic book day, but of course I still spend money. <laughs> and I was the same yeah. way. Cause like, I mean, most, most, you know, most shops for free comic book day, they have sales and stuff and it's just nice to take advantage of it. So I couldn't even like be like, Oh, haha, what a sucker. Cause I fell for the same thing. So yeah. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up getting all the free issues and then I was like, Oh, well, you know, if there's some deals, why not take advantage of it? Um, and, uh, and that's how I left $30 poor. No, I was about the same. Actually, no, I was a lot <laughs> higher. I, I was I was closer to the hundreds. <laughs> I, I, I picked up the uh, best of us. I picked up some classic Green Lanterns as is the case, and uh, mm. the 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 80th anniversary collector's edition. So nice. Yeah. What no? What did What did you walk away with? Did you find any? Um, I awesome I got stuff? I got got. Um, I oh, no. ended up picking up the, <laughs> I know I got, got, I got, I ended up picking up the second volume of Noctera, which I actually, I just, I kind of wanted to, to have it, um, in print. Um, and then where I got, got was, I don't even know why I bought it, but I got the first three issues of X-Force, like the original yes. X-Force oh, yeah. series. I don't know. I, I. I don't, I don't know why I have, like, this obsession with early 90s comic art. Like, it's it's not good. And, like, I don't – I can agree. It's not very – it's it's not very good stuff. But for some reason, I just saw it, and I was like, I need it. I must have it. So <laughs> now I have – and I and actually, it was almost worse because I almost got one through six because someone had, I guess, sold it to the store in a bundle. And I was like, if I buy all six, I guarantee you I'm not going to finish them. So let me just be safe. Buy the first three, and then that's it. I I get it though. As as much as those comics have a, a bad rep, and the art can sometimes be questionable, it's history. Yeah, and, I know. And it's something we all talk about. It's something we all remember. Something we all know. And you can't yeah. help but like, I if I hold this, I'm holding a piece of history. It's something that yeah. everybody knows, and I can say I have it. I I, it's, I it's that really think spot. that's it. I think you yeah. just know it too well. Like I'm just like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's terrible, but like it's X Force history. It's it's yeah. comics history, and at a point, it was like one of the highest selling titles. Of- uh oh, he cut out. He cut out. But yeah. I mean, 
technically speaking, his sentence could have ended right where he put it. Could it was, be. It was one of the <laughs> highest selling titles. That's yeah. for sure. You want to holler at him in Discord and let him know that he's dropped out? Oh. Oh. Hey, Brandon. Hello. Hello. You're me. Tooting, tooting. Tooting is coming in from the void. You dropped in and out of there. Okay. Where where did I leave off? It was the highest selling title. It was the highest selling title. Yeah, highest selling title at some point. But, yeah, I for whatever that's worth, but. No, I was just going to say, what did you uh, do for Free Comic Book Day, Josh? Yeah. Over in your neck of the woods. I um, I managed to get Holly to go in and get one for me. Uh, I was only able... Uh, I was only able to get... Um, excuse me. I was only able to get three myself. So I got Night Terrors, I got Ninja Turtles, and I got Street Fighter Six. Nice. Um, La, Liam went in and picked up the uh, both Girl Taken Over and the Clark and Lex book. And okay. then Holly went in and um, she picked up uh, she picked up Poison Ivy number one and uh, instead nice. decided not right to on. get me the We Are Legends um, free comic book <laughs> day one. So I didn't get my hands on that. I It, it is... Honestly, just a reprint of stories you've already seen. Yeah, you're not missing much. So you're not you're not really if you've already read it, you're not missing much. But I I get it. Yeah. I, again, we talk about that collector's bug. It's the feel of having yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, speaking exactly. of wives getting into comics, uh, Angela even bought her own comics when we went for free comic book day and picked up oh. her own free comics too. Yeah. I love it when she buys comics. <laughs> uh, Makes yeah, me feel that's good. something. Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun. All right. Um, yeah, as for DC's free comic book day audition, uh, the Night Terrors one shot, if you'll call it that. It's just a preview of the events, and it shows Damian Wayne, Robin asleep on a mission with Batman uh, kind of abruptly and then having an encounter with uh, what's what's the new villain's name? I don't remember. I don't know. Scary dude. Yeah. The, the guy that's making everyone go to sleep. <laughs> I don't quite remember his name. Um, but Chris Piccolo on art is just freaking fantastic. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to figure out his name. Damn, it's gonna bug me. Oh, it's right here. It's right here. Where the hell is it? I'm not sure what it is. Insomnia. You're right though. The, the insomnia. insomnia. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, it, it the art the the uh, the the redesigns or the character designs, um, they are pretty cool. I'm gonna have to see them in the in the actual comic book though. That you know. Um, because they're pretty outlandish, so let's yeah. see how they they figure in. And I hope this is a good story. I mean, it's massive. Holy shit! Didn't you say just a few minutes ago that altogether there's forty six issues? Yeah, across the two months, the checklist that you get in the free comic book day edition uh, showcases all the tie-ins plus the four issue main book and two extra tie-ins. 
which seem to be the alpha and omega issues for the summer event. So in total, it's 23 per month for 46 total, uh, which I, and I've been saying to you guys at the beginning of the show or before we started recording rather that I, I get what some people are saying that that's, it's not in terms of books to buy. It might not be that much in comparison because a lot of books are right. going on hiatus, but it's, it's 46 books for one story. And it seems a lot in two months for one story. <laughs> Especially when we know that those are all tie-ins and tie-ins. Yeah. Tie-ins have a tendency to not um, really fucking matter. Yeah. It's a just, lot it's, of the time. It's just exhausting to think about is what it is. It really is. It's yeah. A lot of the time it's... Um, so loose so very loosely connected that there's there's no point in in buying it you know now i'm assuming that with all of them shutting down so many titles shutting down and new ones starting up that these will all somehow factor into it but like how many issues i'm not looking at it right now but like how many issues are are there in a, in the main story are, is there like a main story yeah, there's to four this, books total. So two four issues per books. Yeah. Four books. 42 tie-ins. Yeah. <laughs> and and maybe two of them are actually going to mean anything to the overall story. Okay. It just so seems excessive. 40 tie-ins. And I don't want some of my favorite books to go on hiatus for two months because I want to keep reading the stories. <laughs> Green Arrow just came back. Green Lantern just came back. Flash and Wonder Woman are topping off 800 right now. Batman is in the middle of a strong suit. Action Comics and Superman are freaking amazing right now. I want to read those stories. I don't want to wait two months for an event that may or may not be good. Did we did we launch Green Lantern number one this week? Because Hal is going to be playing a part in this. Is is Hal going to be playing an important part of this? And if not, then why in the hell not wait until after the event to launch? Yeah. You no, know, those are questions. You know, just like Spirit World, Spirit World, the exact same thing. You got a number one. Why launch today? Why want launch this week when if it doesn't tie in? I mean, wouldn't that just make more sense? I mean, books like I think Spirit World is not going a hiatus, for example. There are a couple that are still going throughout the, the two months. Just the um, ones, just the ones that are tied into the event. Those are the only ones that are going on. Okay, exactly. But still, yeah. Green Lantern. I mean, Cyborg is going on hiatus as well. I think, and it starts like two weeks from now. <laughs> that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, I don't. It's, I don't. it's insane. But. But I mean, we could be looking at a we could be looking at a fantastic story too. We, really we could, could be, we could be. That's why that's why I say like it may or may, may or may not be really good because uh, we just don't know enough about it yet. We know the basic premise of the story, and it mm. seems interesting enough, but we won't know until we get the issues in our hands how it really is going to be. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Like I'm not against it right now. I just think it's it's an insane amount of tie-ins, and I just want to keep reading my favorite stories. I don't want to wait two months to see what happens uh, right. with with some of the books I'm enjoying. So, yeah. 
we'll see how it goes. But that's enough about that. We got other news to cover. Uh, one thing I came across today, I actually released today, A- AIPT Comics. I don't know if they, if if you actually just spell it out or if it's or if it's aped comics. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But they were they released a preview of the Flash number eight hundred. Uh, you get to see a few interior art pages for each story as well as a brief rundown of what each story is going to be about Uh, i will not go through them all right now uh, but it's definitely worth a look if you want to get a preview of the issue Uh, and it looks really exciting (laughs) all the all all the stories look interesting yeah i did see um a a page for the mark wade story which i'm pretty sure he's doing with todd knock for like an impulse throwback and i yeah. think i hope that that really just kind of deep or uh, dives in deep into uh, all the stuff from that era that would be cool i hope so yeah um brandon i don't know what news you have because we didn't cross reference each other mm-hmm. um i'll let you go first and i can, okay. I can fill in what i have listed well, the biggest thing that I have, the thing that I, you know, lost my freaking mind um, when I, I sent it into <laughs> our chat, I believe, oh God, I can't remember if it was last week or I think this it was week. last Friday. Yeah, time is a, is a flat circle, as we all know. Um, but uh, DC recently announced that the sort of new Golden Age uh, initiative that they've been pushing with uh, Stargirl, The Lost Children, and Justice Society of America is going to be expanded with a couple of new series uh but just what are those new series well i think you'll be very pleasantly surprised because they are three six issue miniseries focusing on some of the jsa's best and brightest starting with and yes you're hearing this right a jay garrick six issue miniseries from our friend flash extraordinaire mr jeremy adams with art from diego orlotegui and of course, a couple of other series, literally a couple of other series, and Alan Scott, the Green Lantern series from Tim Sheridan and Kyan Tormey, and a Wesley Ooh, nice. Dodds, the Sandman series from Robert Vendetti and Riley Rosmo. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think the the potential here is is enormous, but the, the oh, real yes. shining star for me is, um, is this Jay Garrick series, who has just so sorely been in need of his own kind of solo solo series for a while now um but uh, i'm looking excited forward for the to other all three as well. of them yeah 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 no definitely um and um I, Rob I, and I, I think were... it's worth noting that the mm-hmm. the jay garrick series the cover uh features his daughter yeah judy yes. garrick yes so well, I, I don't want to give away bold. too much about the the details of the series but yeah. suffice it I mean, to say that that's all we yes. know <laughs> yeah some some of yeah. these series will be taking place in the current day and some will be set more in the past. Um, and uh, yeah, no, just uh, really great stuff to look forward to there. Um, but Rob and I were kind of talking about the potential of the series and the possibility that if they're kind of keeping with this this idea of having these six issue series for characters of the JSA, that there may be some other characters they could explore um, from the JSA and kind of give them their mini series and, and you know some some really great stories as well so there's a lot of potential there and i hope that uh, one of these each one of these series is really exciting but i know i'm especially looking forward to the jay garrick one because i'm super excited for uh, for that mm-hmm. me too i'm excited for all three. Oh yeah yeah like when's the last time we had a 
Sandman anything <laughs> apart yeah. from the appearance Since, on the JSA. Yeah, the 90s right. yeah. Sandman Mystery Theater. Yeah. Um, do you have a, do you have another one or? Uh, that, that was sort of yeah, that was sort of my biggest one. Um, and then you already kind of touched on the uh, the Flash 800, which I know they right. just uh, put the preview out today. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know that I had uh, anything else major lined up. Oh, okay. I I wanted to point out uh, something that you brought to our attention a few days ago. Uh, another reveal from McFarlane that I think oh, we're yeah. all, all three of us are excited about. Uh, they're releasing uh, oh another Batman figure, but it's Sinestro Core Batman, and it yeah. looks freaking awesome. So that's oh, what yeah, I have to get right. for, for my oh, collection. Yes, <laughs> Which yeah. and, and so I kind of had to stir my memory here, but that's from Fear... No, not Fear Itself. Forever Evil, right? No, it's actually... Um, the only I, there might have been a second appearance, but the only appearance I remember was the beginning of the Sinestro Corps. And funny enough, uh, yeah, I was showing I was showing Josh. I actually picked up a variant cover of the Sinestro Corps War Special, which I think is mm-hmm. the issue it takes place. And when all the yellow rings go out, Batman gets yeah. chosen, and he's wearing yes. it for maybe two seconds before he overrides the programming through his own yeah. power. No, I I, I remember that moment. Off. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember that moment. But I swear, I think this design is the one from for. Actually, let me just look it up and check. Um, I don't. I don't think he was ever in the yellow ring again. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong though. Yes. No. It is. It is from Forever Evil. Because I, really? I. God, I haven't read that story in. I mean, maybe since it came out, but. Um, I gotta check it out again. Yeah. No. I guess because I, I. Yeah. I like vaguely remember there's a moment in Forever Evil where he. He has like for some reason he had like a yellow ring as a backup. Um, maybe it was like in case he needed to take out a lantern or something like that. And so he briefly put it on and tried to to charge it up. And I don't know how effective it was. Um, yeah, Batman. The joke yeah. is Batman's superpower is that he's a billionaire, but really it's technically fear. I mean, if we're <laughs> going with this yeah. motto. So that makes sense, at least to me. It always did. And yeah. I think it looks cool as shit. It definitely does look cool. Oh yeah, Forever Evil. I gotta, shit, yeah. I gotta take a look at. I wanna, cause I don't remember that at all. Oh no, really? Oh yeah. According to this, it says Forever Evil number four. Yeah. No, I, I remember that. If only because it was like oh, kind of a strange scene. But yeah, I, I remember think the cover now. When he goes up yeah. against Power Ring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I don't remember why he had that ring. Um. One again. I want to say it was like a failsafe for you know in case Green Lantern ever went bad, but um, yeah, I don't I don't remember all the details. Yeah, when it comes to okay, yeah. So I see the page from Sinestro Core War. It's mm-hmm. not a full yellow. It's the Sinestro Core outfit, but where yeah. it would be yellow in the other suit, it's just dark blue on on this one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to like Sinestro's suit before he became a full yellow lantern Mm -hmm. okay uh he might have actually got the yellow ring from sinestro in that story yeah maybe sinestro's there yeah well shit i completely forgot about that i gotta go read forever evil again much to the chagrin of josh yeah, I don't remember really liking <laughs> it. I thought it was okay. Actually, I, I'm going to add it to my reading list now. Oh, really? Yep, oh, it's but, been a long time, and 
but despite the, actually... fact that the the crime syndicate's a major player. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I mean, they built that whole thing up in Trinity War. Yeah. Which I, I still admit was kind of a cool reveal when it's like, yeah they just kind of pop out and they're like we're here and we're taking over. So much yeah. potential. Yeah, I personally I don't think it was wasted. What I think was wasted was the potential post the story. Yeah, um, like superwoman's baby ended up being grail which was kind of weird and mm-hmm. owl man escaping was just killed off by dr manhattan it's mm-hmm. just i don't know it was really really weird yeah yeah anyway that was talking 10 years ago <laughs> oh yeah jesus that story was like what, 2014 something like oh. that yeah it's almost 10 years ago oh. Oh, <laughs> right yeah Jeez. that's a that's a that's a culture shock for you right there that, yeah, that'll I know. that'll that'll wake up your uh your timeline your calendar yeah. i don't know oh, God. um i'm the I'm, youngest one here and i'm starting to that, feel that starting to feel that a little right? bit too yeah <laughs> i Funny. I, I remember reading that... some, like like Civil War for the first time, and then I remember oh, it was like fifteen to almost twenty years ago. I'm like, what wow, the yeah. happened? This is how it feels, <laughs> I guess. Oh my In- god! Infinite Crisis was my first real crossover event that I oh, read. Oh man, wait, yeah, real that's... time. And yeah, that was 2005. That's almost like in a couple <laughs> that's of years. That's almost 20 years ago. Two decades old. Oh yeah. my god! Sorry, I, I don't want to make you feel it too. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, I get it. I get how you feel right now. Don't worry. You guys are serious. <laughs> yeah. I remember being old enough to walk up to the store when that when that uh, super cool Wolverine Secret Origins fucking issue came out. That oh, came oh, out looking yeah. like a Manila folder. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was awesome. Uh, I'm old. I'm, that's yeah, how no, old. You, you, you were like that, that, <laughs> that, that's compared to us. That, wait, are you talking about well, like Wolverine Origins when they went to the whole James Howlett thing? Or older than that? Older than that. It oh, would have okay. been. I would have been. It would have been like 90. 90, Something. 91. Oh, okay. Go way back, way back. Oh, okay. Like way back, way back. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Are you you? Were you reading when I, I, Crisis was the Superman? Like that the Superman was like I was in the comic yeah. shops, getting those as they came yeah. out. Yeah, that's that is legitimately <laughs> thirty years old. So yeah. You know, <laughs> make of that what you will. Yep. Exactly, <laughs> and has had six sequels since. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> You're right, reprints yeah. at the very least. Uh, and the last bit of news I had is just kind of something that's kind of flown in under the radar uh, that I've seen talked about sporadically online. The Justice League animated series is now Me. on Netflix across North America, with nice. Justice League Unlimited on Netflix only in the USA. You bastards. Yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> but it's it's online. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that has a Netflix subscription, you now get to watch that amazing animated series and its amazing oh. sequel successor for technically free, depending on who's paying your Netflix, <laughs> or if you're borrowing from a friend or. Something well, you can't. Like you can't even do that now. Oh wait, really? Yeah, they yeah, Netflix yeah. earlier like what, last month, that two months sucks. ago. Yeah, they oh, said like you have to sign into the home account 
or the home, no the home internet connect the home router oh, at least so once a month or your account gets kicked off yes yeah so it's really dumb so i had to unfortunately so remove my grandmother from my netflix oh. uh thank you for that though to be fair she never used it anyway yeah but now she's gonna be upset because i'm sure she wanted to watch justice league and justice league unlimited now exactly she can't. <laughs> Oh. She's been holding her breath for when Matlock is on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. She was always tell a to... murder she wrote kind of person anyway. Yeah. No, tell She's her just to... wax, waiting for Jessica Landon or Landon, yeah. whatever. Angela Lansbury. Angela yeah. Lansworth. Yeah. No, tell her to yeah. get uh, HBO Max instead and just watch Superman and Batman Toss, which um, they're still there. And I'm hoping they're there for as long as they can keep them because I've I... been having too much damn fun. I would say that. I would say to suggest yes. But to do that in Canada, you first have to subscribe to Crave TV, that god awful <laughs> service oh, from Bell. And then god. subscribe an additional charge for HBO. And then you don't even get everything. Man, we really just make shit impossible <laughs> for you, don't we? <laughs> well, no, no, I no. It's, it's not, it's not really just you guys. It's fucking Bell Media. <laughs> oh, man. They are the ones that make this Ugh. impossible. Yeah, they own a monopoly on Canadian telecommunications Jeez. and TV. It's it's, it's freaking annoying. That is terrible. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Like like I, there was a YouTuber I used to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't upload anymore. Gamer Mr. Sark, and he used to complain about Comcast. And through him, I heard about how <laughs> annoying Comcast is. Bell is like that. Comcast. <laughs> I hear yeah, Com- like Comcast God. is a way worse bait from how he describes we, it. We got off Comcast a while bad. ago. Well, I mean, I think once it once it merged with Xfinity, I think it's probably a little bit better. But yeah, I remember the old Comcast days when it was just fucking madness. Yeah, <laughs> like it's the worst so thing madness. You have. Yeah. I, oh, look, God. man. Okay, so I've got one gig internet, and I pay eighty dollars a month for it. Okay. Right. Comcast calls me up once every few months and offers me this deal where I get um, a whole bunch of uh, cable TV channels, like 80 or 100, whatever, and um, and I don't watch cable. And then I get uh, one gig internet, and it's $120 a month. And I was like, so you want to give me cable internet for one gig a month, that's the same speed I've got and, and TV that I'm just not going to use and you want to charge me $40 more than what I'm paying now. Mm-hmm. And the last one that talked to me went right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least you own up to your shit. I yeah, get that. Right, I exactly. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm just doing this for the paycheck. I know it's stupid, but I got to yeah. read it. Uh, it's, yeah. it's all in this script, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, quite honestly, though, like, what what can you say to that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's uh, all the news I got. You guys got anything oh, else? I forgot to mention it's Jeff. My kids picked that up too, and it's about Jeff the land shark, and they. Oh yeah. And oh it's yeah. Like I yeah. That. Now. Right. Now, 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 uh, my youngest is asking for a Jeff the Baby Land Shark uh, plushie. Oh, <laughs> right you on. have to get him one. Have I to do will. it. I'm more than aware of that, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I have no you gotta do choice. it. <laughs> no exceptions. 
And no cheap no knockoffs either. Kids will know. Oh, no. Oh, yes, he will. He will definitely know. Yep. <laughs> he will definitely know. I had to go out and get spend the money on a real Pulley Pulley Mokar uh, gerbil. <laughs> Uh, because he would know the difference between that and a regular gerbil stuff plushy. I was like, some bitch. He would know. Nope. Right on. Uh, right. Well, with oh, that, that's, that's about I, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll, we'll get to see honorable mentions. Josh, you want to take it away? I sure can. Icon versus hardware, seven words. This is damn good. Go read it. Uh, Superman lost number three. A solar battery super suit. A giant sand Superman. Superman with some heavy ass five o'clock shadow. Oh, and uh, did I mention space dolphins? I love this book. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh,. I don't know if you picked up how much I love that one, but there's that. (laughs) Uh, Danger Street number six. There's Danger. It's a street. (laughs) 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 Batman, White Knight, Generation Joker. This kicks off with Jack Napier spending time with his kids, taking them out for an adventure, and it goes exactly how you think it would. It could be great. It seems to be centered around the Joker's kids, so it's pretty... uh, Interesting so far. Hopefully it floats. Uh, Harley screws up the DCU number three. Uh, continues to be a seriously 100% Harley book, and uh, it's a fun ride. BTOS The Adventures Continue Season 3. It is BTOS The Adventures Continue Season 3. Uh, maybe we're a little partial here, but that book is kicking ass. Sandman Universe Nightmare Country The Glass House number two. Coming in with one of the longest regular book titles that I can think of in in recent history. (laughs) But uh, two words, fuck yeah. And then finally, Gotham Academy Academy Maps of Mystery. I didn't pick this one up. It's for people interested in maps from Gotham Academy and the Strays, but it's reprints of her first appearances and the, uh, the GA story from an anthology book this last year. But uh, I've already read that all, so I didn't pick that up. It's good stuff if you like maps. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's it for the honorables. Right now it's up for the yeah, real some, uh, deals. Exactly. Some interesting stuff. And now yep. we're going to get into something else entirely, to quote Monty Python. Quick bites <laughs> section for the week. We've got one book starting off with Batman Inc. number eight. And Josh, once again, is going to fill us in. Tis only a flesh wound. all right uh batman inc number eight (laughs) yeah or joker incorporated number one i'm not sure you guys tell me written by ed special flipbook issue (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) written by ed brisson art inside and out by john timms colors rex locus and lettering by clayton cowles so uh shanghai china Batman of China, double messed up. Dr. Wu is dead. Sky Sky Spider has poofed. And uh, Ghostmaker basically just makes fun of him and says, not cool. Knight, a.k.a. Beryl, and Grey Wolf, a.k.a. Anzor, have lunch together when he tells her he's thinking about leaving the team. That's when an emergency call comes in. Next, we see Man of Bats. Dad is still alive, but not doing well. 
Then Nightrunner asks for backup as he tries to free hostages while he's getting his ass kicked by a bunch of goons following a guy named uh, Charles de Gaulle. Backup was coming until they saw the news about a hostage situation, and strangely enough, the guy on the news looked looked a lot like Midnighter, so I had to laugh there. It's not him, but it was it's it was still funny. Uh, Joker breaks into a prison and frees a prisoner named named uh, Day Laughing. In Tokyo, finally, uh, Ghostmaker and El Gacho beat up Alpaca, Alpaca and then bust in to find Joker with a bunch of hostages, too. He's also got a wheel, like one of those prize wheels from a fair or a carnival, I guess. And it has six people on it, seven including Joker. Introducing Joker Incorporated, Dusty Bronco, Alpaca, Corvus Call, the Midnighter-looking dude, Day Laughing, Tap Dance Man, and Charles de Gaulle. And all of them are in different places with hostages. Joker spins the wheel. Ghostmaker throws a sword, stopping the spin. Lands on Tap Dance Man, so Joker calls him up and tells him to get to killing people. Uh, damn. This was fun and a damn good issue. I really dig where this this uh, whole story is led to, and I'm having a blast reading it. I'll be reading the trades afterwards, too, because I have a feeling it's going to read even better. Uh, damn good story with damn good art. It was a badass effort. I, I was really into it. I gave this one a 9 out of 10. Nice. Yeah, no, I thought this one was just super solid, honestly. Um, and, you know, I mean, most of the arcs for the book so far have been pretty short, pretty concise. I mean, the first one was five. This last one was two. Um, like, they feel like they're just very tight, but solid storytelling um, with, you know, with the with a good premise, and I mean, I, I know that's not the greatest endorsement in the world, but I don't, I don't really have any other way to put it. Um, they're just they're just really well done, um, and also just great work for some of these Batman Inc. characters that you know are kind of left by the wayside, but um, it just kind of gives them that that extra something. And I love the scenes with um, Raven Red, um, who's just like absolutely distraught over his father being shot and it's like I or yeah Raven to, Red I said yeah I need to just oh no no you're good um but yeah I just need to get my uh my hands on the this dusty bronco guy and it's like yeah you get him man um so yeah just really good stuff here um potential romance between Knight and Grey Wolf maybe we'll see um but yeah like I said great character work solid story eight uh eight out of ten for me uh, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to be that guy, but Josh, you're missing the pun with, when you call him day laughing, it's die laughing. Oh, it, okay. Die laughing. Yeah. Die laughing. Yeah. Is that supposed to be Irish or Scottish? Uh, no, I don't know. I didn't even look at where he might be from. Yeah. Irish. Like, Irish. Yeah. The like AI Irish, is yeah. Irish as I. Yeah. Couldn't die. tell. Or no, wait, no, the AI is Irish as A. So it might not even be Irish. Like Wally's, <laughs> like, like Wally's kid. Hmm. That's why sometimes, like, I wasn't sure if it was J or Jai. <laughs> have to look oh, at that design again. I don't know. See if it's, uh. Die laughing sounds sounds better than day, or makes more sense than day laughing. So let's go with yeah, die laughing. yeah, die laughing. Yeah. Um, apart from that, like I enjoyed the pun. Uh, Joker Inc. does look to be a very formidable foe, as is usually the case with the Joker. Uh, but for some reason, though, it's just not exciting me like I thought it would. 
maybe because of like they they just had such a a serious foe that challenged Batman Inc. right away in the first story arc, and this is just another challenge that feels like the same kind of stakes threatens to just dismantle it, and it just doesn't feel like it would be as exciting as it could be. I'm still enjoying it, but it just doesn't feel right yet. Uh, so, so eight out of ten, it's it's definitely not horrible, but like it's just it's not sitting well with me right now. Well, you guys gave well, it a glowing right, review, then. so that's fair. I'm the odd one out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, according to uh, Bleeding Cool, for as much as they can be trusted, our, our lovely friend, uh, Mr. Rich Johnson, seems to believe that Die Laughing is inspired by Welsh names. That makes more sense. Which I guess is something. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but you, one thing you can count on with Welsh language is that none of it's going to make any fucking sense. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think now we might just take a quick commercial break. Uh, we're sitting close to an hour, so we will be right back. Hey, this is Josh from Not A Robot Podcast. We just wanted to let you know that we love doing these shows and appreciate that you're listening. To show us some support, we've cut everything out of the middle. Pay $2.99 a month to get full access to our Discord server on Discord. You get all of our shows as soon as they get released. You get to chat with us and a shout out on the podcast each and every week. You can head over to notarobotpodcast.com for links to join the Discord. Send an email to have read on the show. Links to our Substack and more. Don't forget to find us on Twitter and Instagram too. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get you back to the show. Stay human. And we're back. Thank you for sticking with us. Us thank here you, thank at, you, thank you, at us. Not a Robot. Not the a Comics robot. Review Show. Review the show. Comics Review Show right. for review you. Show. These are all correct facts. <laughs> yes, you are correct. <laughs> All right, we are going to dive into our new number ones for the week with our spotlight section, starting off with Spirit World number one. I think there's been a long awaited book, and Brandon is going to tell us about the Spirit World. My pleasure. This is the first book in our We Are Legends line, focusing on the Asian and Asian-American heroes um, and featuring uh, Asian-American and Asian creators. Um, and uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the beginning. So we'll have to see how this uh, book kicks off the rest of the line. But this is, as Rob said, Spirit World number one, written by Alyssa Wong with art from Hainin. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. With colors yeah. from Sebastian Chang and letters from Janice Chung. The book itself pretty straightforward i have to say it uh opens up in gotham city in chinatown specifically where a young girl is saved by a hero we met not too long ago one xanthi zhao um and they uh, as they are non-binary are making their way to mr wen's uh goods and sunrise shop or whatever it is to locate a way to get back to the spirit world because they are originally or at the very least raised in spirit world as we come to discover late in the book and have lost their access to that world and of course when you're lost 
and you need help, the person you want to trust with that kind of mission is John Constantine, who reluctantly goes along with them, despite not really wanting to after the last team-up that they had together. But over in the spirit world, speaking of the last team-up they had together, uh, our dear friend and Batgirl, Cassandra Kane is struggling to get adjusted to the spirit world as everything that is dead there is coming after her because of her ever so delicious living aura and she is constantly on the run from some creatures that are trying to eat her right up but is thankfully saved and protected yeah i know seriously but is thankfully protected and saved by some kindly people who decide to take her in as one of her own and keep her safe for a little while Xanthi and Constantine make their way to one of Constantine's old friends' places in the hopes that he might be able to get access to the spirit world. But, unfortunately, he is being devoured by horrible demonic creatures, as you do, because, you know, that's what happens when you tamper with magic. And Xanthi and Constantine, naturally, and Xanthi and Constantine are teaming up to take the rest of them down. Uh... In doing so, they're able to get rid of the rest of the demonic creatures, but are now looking to track the energies they emitted to find however the way um, Constantine's friend was able to connect to the spirit world so that Xanthi might return to the spirit world. Uh, And hopefully sooner rather than later, given that Cass, as we saw in a previous scene, is still trying to hide from the demonic energies that are coming after her. Uh, And it's also getting a little bit of a lesson on what the spirit world actually is and what it uh, consists of from some of the friends that have taken her in. Uh, But back on our world, as Xanthi is looking to trace the energies, she's called to uh, or called by a mysterious voice that someone that she recognizes or someone that they recognize. And it is revealed that it is their mother. So I don't know. I mean... I wouldn't call it an exceptional debut, but I would call it an exceptionally well done and tightly crafted debut. One that really got to the heart of the plot, gives you a fairly likable character, some motivations for said character, um, and a mystery of who their parent might be and their connection to the spirit world, and just a solid hook for the next issue. So, I don't know, like, not exceptional. I'm sure some people will say, like, oh, is this necessary? And maybe not, but... I like it. It's a fun character, and I'm going to be following the rest of this series uh, for, for as much as I can. So I gave this one an 8 out of 10. Also, really solid art from Heining, who is an artist that I'm not super familiar with, but I hope to follow more because uh, his work is, is really stellar in this issue. Um, I think that uh, the majority of this uh, creative team was present on Monkey Prince, including Heining. If not for the Heining, if not for the majority of the run, was there for at least some of it. Um, looking through this, you can definitely see the anime inspiration going on here. I know that's um, I stole right out of Rob's mouth there. Uh, especially Xanthi. I mean, there are some spots that could have been straight up stills from an anime. Um, this creative team is great, man. I don't know who Alyssa Wong is, or at least uh, their name is not familiar to me, but whoever it is, uh, they write amazing voices. Like, really, really, really good. I was not sure about this book going in, but I sure as hell am now. 
Um, I really like Xanthia as a main character too. It, I found it to be a really impressive first issue, and it's not often that I give a setup score, uh, excuse me, a setup a score like this. But with the personality of this character, the way that they can interact with John Constantine, the whole nine yards, man, I, I, I'm, I'm all the way in. Give it, I give it a nine out of ten. I agree. It's a great first issue, giving us a bigger look into the spirit world and Xanthi uh, together. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Uh, beautiful visuals, great story, very interactive, very interesting. Uh, the, the culture involved in it as well. I love seeing uh, the culture in these stories, and it mm -hmm. plays a huge part, and I, I think it's a great thing. And having an existing supporting cast, I think, is always a big help for new characters. Uh, and in this situation, Batgirl and Constantine are just perfect additions to the stories to help. Uh, not necessarily move it along, because it's having no trouble moving along quite well by itself. But just to, to give it that, that push uh, to, to get readers invested into it. If, if you're ever not sure about a new character, you see, oh, here's a Cassandra Cain. I love Cassandra Cain. Here's John Constantine. I love John Constantine. There's a story that will draw you in, and then you get to indulge yourself in the spirit world and Xanthi as a character and fall in love with this story. Uh, it's it, They're great choices for, for this story, and it's fantastic. It's also a 9 out of 10 for me. Nice. Oh, right. Uh, now for a book I know you've been waiting to talk about for months. <laughs> yeah, which which is surrounded by a message I just got from something else that uh, the three of us are going to be talking about soon. Uh, that oh, I before before that I haven't had a cigarette in fourteen days. Fucking a good job, Josh. Nice, nice. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, right on. on. Yeah. But Sorry, did, did I you just feel you. like having one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I always feel like I have one. Oh, yeah. I get that. But the good thing is you have it. Yeah. So far, so good. good. Yeah. Um, and it helps that I can't drive, leave the house, and uh, nobody will buy them for me and stuff. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> don't have a choice. It makes it a little easier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a shit ton of candy, nicotine pass patches, lozenges, the whole nine yards. Like every supplement you can think of. But I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. It just clicked in my head. Oh, you're fine. That's good news. Um, I was just saying, before the three of us go today, there, we have to finalize the, the side project we're working on that is happening potentially this weekend. Uh, I just want to finalize with you three because uh, I just got a message reminding me. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's a tease, listeners. For something coming very soon. Uh, but slightly tied into it is, as Brandon mentioned, a book I have been waiting for for a very long time. <laughs> and I think we all have in, in our own way. Uh, Green Lantern number one is finally feckin' here. Oh, goodness. And it is brought to us by Jeremy Adams, uh, the king himself, I will say, uh, off his amazing run on the flash with art from the always amazing Zermanico awesome colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr. and beautiful letters from Dave Sharp 
because you cannot skimp on the letters. They deserve recognition, too. Uh, there is a backup, which I will get into later, featuring Jon Stewart. But for our main story, we open on some miners trapped in a collapsed tunnel. Uh, and these miners have some interesting names, such as Denny and Jack. And if that's not a reference to Denny O'Neill and maybe Jack Kirby, uh, I don't know what is. They are being saved by none other than a green light. And at the bottom of the first page, you hear he's back. And yes, he is. Hal Jordan is rescuing these trapped miners with his own green construct drill uh, offering to help out. And then you get a beautiful title page. Uh, a technically recap page, but we'll call it a title page as well. And then we flash on over to Carol Ferris at Ferris Air on a call, trying to figure out, uh, schedule some meetings. But she sees a Green Lantern on the news. Uh, it's talked about how he has returned to Coast City. And she responds with, fuck. Uh, <laughs> she's not too happy about this. So she no, tries to no, rush no, on no, out of the no. office. Uh, and as she rushes out, she gets a call from her secretary saying that there's a Mr. Jordan here to see her <laughs> and she's yeah. not there. As she says, I'm not here. Uh, maybe I'm in Europe. Uh, but as she rushes out to her car, Hal is waiting right outside and greets her with a long time. Uh, and, uh, he puts on his cat is, um, casual is, is, is. Oh my god, I keep forgetting words. <laughs> his his <laughs> usual, brilliant. wow, not casual, yeah. <laughs> usual, holy crap, his usual Hal Jordan charm. Holy crap, Rob. <laughs> Confusing usual and casual. How do you how do you do that? Uh, it's a long day. Well, unless yeah. the usual is casual. Could be. And for Hal Jordan, it might just be. There you go. His, his usual casual approach to Carol. <laughs> uh, she's not having any of it, though, because she's moved on. She has a boyfriend. Who might that be? We do not know yet. Only time will tell. Hopefully, this is not a Spider-Man situation. And Brandon knows what I'm talking about. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, listeners out there don't know what I'm talking about. Don't waste the time. Uh, so... Hal is not only there looking to reconnect with Carol, he's also looking for a job. As he's back on Earth full-time, he's no longer a Lantern. Uh, this is, by the way, no a month prior, I believe. Maybe? It does get a bit confusing. We'll get into that. Uh, he, he is back on Earth for the time being. And he wants a new job, and she says, come by the office tomorrow, maybe we'll figure it out. No promises. Uh, he asks her out to dinner one more time. She screams no and drives off. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, some people at the bar, uh, at a local bar, are also seeing on the news that Green Lantern is back. And everyone is super excited. And with with cries of, we've got our hero back, ain't nothing going to bother us anymore. You see a hooded figure in the background with uh, familiar purple skin and yellow eyes. If you don't know who that is, I won't spoil it. But if you know Green Lantern, you, you know you know pretty obvious who it is. Uh, considering the word bubble around it, ain't nothing going to bother us no more. Oh, buddy, you have no idea how wrong you are. Uh, now we jump back to one month earlier. There it is. One month earlier now, we see Hal has freshly returned to Earth. Uh, and he's enjoying the stars, muttering to himself about a conversation potentially with Kilowog, where he's filling in Kilowog's words himself. 
and he's drinking a soda and listening to the radio on top of an RV uh, and just enjoying his time away from being a lantern. He's quit the core as Earth is uh, Sector 2814 in total is quarantined and the Guardians are no longer in control. Uh, the United Planets now control the core and they are the ones that chose to quarantine Sector 2814 and Earth entirely as they do not need a lantern so Hal quits in protest and also in desire to return home uh, over hearing the radio though uh, in an impressive bit of art I must admit uh, I had to show this off to my wife that whether it's the colors or the pencils from Zermanico they do the whole focus blur on the page and I thought that was fantastic to look at depending on, on yeah. the focus of, of the sound so cool to see on a comic book uh, so I'm so very cool looking up at the sky yeah and then, then he hears the radio and then the focus on the radio in the foreground and then it goes yeah. back to him listening and the focus is on him and the radio is blurred out it's just it's really cool to see on a, on a piece of paper um, it really is yeah uh, but that radio is speaking about uh, speak. It's it's saying out loud uh, that there is an attack downtown. Some kind of armored man shooting green lasers, and Hal, despite having no ring, looks at the keys to his truck, gets in it, and drives right away to Coast City. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a long drive though, as he's in the forest outside the uh, the outskirts of the city. But he makes it there by the next page and sees destruction and havoc being wreaked upon the downtown core. Uh, a man in a red suit of armor calling himself Steel Fury is blasting away with green lasers coming out of his hands. And as an officer tells him to run away, he decides instead, being without fear uh, or knowing how to overcome it regardless, decides to run straight forward. And if there's anybody on Earth that knows how to deal with... Uh, person shooting green lasers potentially from space it's hal freaking jordan before we get to that fight though we jump back to today where hal, hal is being given jordan. his exactly <laughs> like seth freaking rollins but hal freaking jordan <laughs> um yes uh jumping back to today it's now the next day hal is being given his test uh as a test pilot once again where he's going up against two of the new uh, pilots, two of the younger new pilots for uh, Ferris Air, and uh, Hal is in, believe it or not, a green jet. Uh, how fitting. Maybe Carol just knows right. him that well. Uh, he is getting his the hang of his wings again, but as he's always said, flying a jet is like riding a bike. Can't really forget. Uh, but he's showing off his skills a little too much as the Two young pilots are teasing him and saying that this guy's a dinosaur and they won't be able to catch up to him or he won't be able to catch up to them rather. But he's thinking the opposite as he does falter a little bit, but gets a handle of just how skilled they are and decides to turn it up a notch, putting the afterburners on and zooming off through the canyon that they're all going around, uh, scaring a goat off its perch, which was hilarious and nearly crashes the jets as he pulls up. But the controls lock up and the jet ends up crashing as it makes it to the top of the cliff, uh, bursting into a ball of flame. But we find that Hal's not actually in the jet. It was a drone and he just destroyed it. Good Which job, Which means Hal. that the goat is okay. Oh, wait. No, it's not. No, nah, the, the goat. 
We the don't know what happened guys. to the goat. We are unsure. It got hit by a, it got hit by a drone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What do you think happened to the goat? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I don't know. It got hit. I think it just got scared. Yeah. But it just ran off. Yeah, but if if you know the sound goats make, you can only imagine the screams. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's just kidding around. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Forgive my bad jokes. I'm I'm pleading with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I made a I just did a bad joke too, but I don't know if anybody got it. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, kidding. Kidding. Okay. That's, right. Yeah, that's why Fair I continued it. I don't know that that one her, always. Her, her. Slayed with my family. <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on back to the story. Carol is understandably pissed off, uh, but Hal is just trying to do his whole smooth talker thing. Um, very reminiscent, I think, of the oh, the movie really? scene where he destroyed a jet in that suit and then tried to just talk it out <laughs> and talk it off like it's not that big a deal. Hey, I did some good, but no, Hal, you didn't. You blew up an expensive jet. Uh, so people are understandably pissed off, and Hal's just not able to catch up with the, the way that uh, test piloting is going. He doesn't like all this high-tech stuff, and he is just falling behind. Uh, we jump back to one month earlier yet again, where Hal gets back in his truck and decides, despite the pleas from the police officer to go back away from the danger, decides to take his truck and ram it directly into the red armored man. <laughs> yeah, which great idea because it knocks him down and he decides to then hit him with a, a tire iron <laughs> and, and it finds out exactly what kind of suit this is as he gets blasted by a green laser. Uh, he describes that the armor is Manhunter armor, and it is very dangerous. This guy found it a couple of months ago in a local bay, and uh, couldn't get it to work until one day it just decided to turn on, and he decided to turn it on, and then decided to wreak havoc. Why the hell not? He blasts Hal one more time, but then Hal reveals that he can't be hurt by these blasts. He's not a pile of ash. The suit was made ago. Made, the suit was made long ago by annoying blue aliens, as we know the Guardians. And the energy that's being uh, funneled out of it is manipulated by willpower. And nobody knows how to manipulate willpower than Hal freaking Jordan, as he manipulates that green blast into a new ring and a new suit. And Green Lantern is back. Yay! Woo. Yeah, yeah, but we already knew that from the beginning of the issue. So <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's that's the uh, that's the downside to time skips, but it's still an awesome scene regardless. Um, I'll jump right into the the very quick backup before we talk about the issue. The backup written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art from Montos uh, and colors from Adriano Lucas. Letters also by Dave Sharp. This is John Stewart returning home to see his mama and help build her a new shed. She is understandably happy with tears, uh, but is skeptical that he's going to be able to stay for a while. He seems to also be following Hal's suit in quitting the core for a while to just return home and focus on Earth and his personal life. 
um, before maybe if ever he has to return to the stars and fight the good fight yet again. But before we get into more of Jon Stewart's life in another universe and another time, specifically what may or may not be the Worlds Without a Justice League Green Lantern world, we see a Green Lantern Corps uh, decimated and a, none other than an older Guy Gardner is bleeding out and is being aided by a young Green Lantern who was sent to him by Kyle Rayner. And they're talking about the Radiant Dead are taking over. John has gone missing, but he killed the Bright Revenant years ago, so Gardner has no idea how these things are even alive. Uh, they break through constructs, and he asks the the new uh, the, the young Lantern to speak the new oath. There is a new one, and it's a, gotta say, quite a fucking good one. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, I will even not go through it all it, right now. Yeah, yeah, even if it lacks the poetic quality of the old one but i'll i I don't have to go into my my nerd english analysis at this point in time (laughs) it's it's definitely a different kind of poem uh not not your typical it there's not a lot of rhyming uh but i think that's okay it's it's quite good um and as he finishes charging up with the oath uh the bright revenant breaks through into the current citadel takes out gardner and blast down the young gun and then asks for John Stewart demands for John Stewart uh, and this character is none other than the Revenant's queen uh, and the the Revenant you might remember we saw in the Worlds Without a Justice League Green Lantern one shot also written by Philip Kennedy Johnson so there's definitely some draws from that story I had to I must admit I, I kind of suspected that that might be the case and a lot of stuff with John Stewart's family but that's the first chapter in the John Stewart story which I think was really freaking good uh, albeit very short but there's a lot of seeds planted here I'm excited to see his future with DC Cosmic because he seems to be doing a lot between this and action comics uh, mm-hmm. he, he seems to be building the cosmic world for DC uh, and I'm excited for that but as for the main story freaking amazing first issue feels the freshest green lantern story we've had in a long time there's many promising moments here and i cannot wait to and i put this in my notes despite the fact that i said in the review that uh, i wouldn't spoil it i cannot wait to see sinestro's angle (laughs) i'm just gonna say it now if it wasn't obvious it it, sinestro is involved uh oh yeah 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 yeah. you can't forget Uh, that he stole red hood's look (laughs) <laughs> he's got a hooded leather jacket on exactly but yeah. damn does it look good on him um, Zermanico can do no wrong these visuals are freaking beautiful and the colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr. are equally as as tasteful uh, I love the whole damn thing um, the biggest thing that came to my mind as I was reading it is it feels like an episode of Green Lantern the animated series which has that background because Jeremy Adams did write a couple of episodes of that series but it has that same feel in how mm-hmm. Hal Jordan is talking in it with with the with the voice that Jeremy Adams gives him and the actions he takes it has that same kind of Hal Jordan feel from that show so I if you've never seen it it's a freaking fantastic show and I loved it um and so because of that you know what i, I, I think this is really good own it and i still have never seen it seriously i've never sat down yeah. and watched it damn oh you, you gotta it. check it out 
Yeah, no, it's a really fun one. It is. It only gets better as it goes. Yeah, really? I think once it really kind of starts to, you know, expand on the plot a little bit more. Yeah, like once it gets past that first arc with the Red Lanterns. Yeah, which yeah. I is think is around all... episode thirteen. It goes into some crazy shit. Is it all um, Hell Jordan? Mostly, like there are other lanterns involved. Um, yeah, the, he's he's the main character, but Kilowog's involved. Uh, you do see other lanterns. I think you see Salak. There is honestly one of my favorite episodes. Uh, Guy Gardner's involved. It is fantastic, <laughs> yeah. and he's he's voiced by Diedrich Bader. Like Diedrich Bader, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and it's so he's great. He does such so a great good, job. yeah. So freaking good. Um, but that's that's a discussion for another time. We got to bring it up on yeah. screen someday. Uh, as for this okay. issue, I I could go on and on all freaking night, but we don't have time for that. Nine point five out of ten. Loved it. I own three copies of it. <laughs> of course. I I can't wait to collect more. Uh, well, this one got a nine out of ten for me, straight up. Um, I have been waiting to talk about this for like five days, so the moment is here, and it, it yeah. couldn't have come sooner honestly um definitely could not have come later um because i just there was so much here that i wanted to talk about that i feel like rob kind of captured uh way better than i could but yeah i think the the best word that i would describe it is is basically what you said it feels fresh it feels new um you mm. know there's been a lot of of fun lantern stuff in the past but i think a lot of it has really tried to capture the sort of like jeff johns era which is fine because you know that was definitely really good stuff and arguably the lanterns at their peak but it's nice to see someone kind of come in and be like no this is you know this is my direction and i know the last time that happened with the grant morrison run was a little bit more divisive but i feel like this is definitely more accessible than that run um for for as much as i love it but no, I mean, this was just, it was like great, great voice for Hal, really getting him back to Coast City, to, to his roots and everything as a pilot. And um, Honestly, just uh, finishing that first issue, I was like, I just want the second one in my hand so we can just kind of keep this going, keep this this energy going. Um, and then, of course, the backup with Philip Kennedy Johnson, I feel like it's just a taste of what's coming and has me really excited for the, the War Journal book that he's going to do. But just, I mean, just to see the kind of creativity and world building that he's going to bring to the Green Lanterns, which is, I mean, just a perfect, the perfect place for it, um, is is really exciting to see. So, great art, great story, fresh start, which is nice, um, and, and just really great stuff all around. So, nine out of ten for me. Right on. Yeah, uh, you can tell that Jeremy Adams is a big Hal Jordan fan, and you can tell that because this is, this is Hal Jordan, and I mean, it's like classic Hal Jordan. Yeah. And uh, I like the way that it's set up to where it's just him kind of sort of being a regular guy, obviously leading to him being an independent Green Lantern of Earth, you know, like fuck the United Planets, he's going to do what he wants. Um, that's kind of cool. Uh, seeing what Sinestro is doing there, given that he's wearing, this is going to sound stupid, but given the, that he's wearing a leather jacket, and with a hoodie on it, I'm going to say that for some reason he's been relegated to Earth 2. So, uh, Somehow, it'll be fun. yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see where that goes. Um, if I rated it separately, I probably would have gave that an 8.5. 
the second part um the art's better than i would have expected in a john stewart story because let's face it lately the john stewart stories have not looked the greatest um I gave this a 7.75, but the thing is, is that I had to read this twice in order to figure out what the hell was going on because um, the long-haired dude calls the other guy Shepard and the short-haired dude calls the other guy Gardner, and Shepard looks like a young Gardner. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, am I reading yeah. this dialogue backwards? What the fuck is going on here? I went back and read it again, and I was like, I'm getting it. This is an older Guy Gardner. Okay, cool. Maybe they should have drawn Shepard a little differently, but <laughs> yeah. um, I, I gave it a 7.75. Uh, the story is really good. It looks really good. The whole issue, I give an 8.25. Um, it's, it's done really well. Given that he's such a real, true, true Green Lantern fan, and what he's done so far, uh, especially with the Flash, uh, I'm excited to see what he does next. And then, of course, <laughs> fingers crossed. Then maybe I'm the only one that's thought of this, but fuck me, running if I wouldn't love it if Jeremy Adams wrote a Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and Barry Allen team up book. No, I thought about that recently too. That would be fun. I I was, what was I listening to? I think it was actually the podcast of Oa mm -hmm. early this week. They were interviewing Jeremy Adams. And that was actually a topic of discussion of of the Trinity and how like Hal Jordan, Ollie, and Barry are like the secret best Trinity compared to yeah. Bruce, Diana, and and, and uh, Clark that Barry, Ollie, and Hal are the, the better trinity, <laughs> in a way. Which is funny, because historically... They are the funnier together. one. Uh, yeah, his, historically, Ollie and Barry are usually at odds with each other. Exactly. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's it's, it's kind of weird. It's like, yeah, they're... It's, it's more like they have a mutual friend in Hal Jordan, and yeah. he's just kind of like trying to keep the peace between them. There's that great well, is, issue. Is, is of, that um, kind of like Flash. is that kind of like the Trinity with Wonder Woman though? I mean, I feel like they yeah. definitely get along a lot more. You're not really gonna see, you know, if 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 Ollie's making chili. He's gonna invite Hal, and Hal's gonna yeah. invite Barry, and yeah. Ollie's gonna begrudgingly give him a bowl of chili. Whereas yeah. if Clark <laughs> invites, you know, uh, Bruce and Diana out to the farm or wherever for dinner, they're both gonna show up because they like Clark. Yeah, and, but see, that's and the also whole thing. Like each other. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the whole thing. When you see them together outside of an event, it's always just Clark and Bruce. It's like they never even think to invite Diana. What? Well, that uh, might I be mean, because of sometimes. Yeah, that that <laughs> might also just because you know they have their whole um, world's finest thing, and mm -hmm. I feel like Diana's kind of pushed this, which may or may not be some sexism, but that's a whole other discussion. Point is, I think yeah, their their Trinity is a little bit more um, is is a little bit more dysfunctional. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's no, just you're more than right there. It's an issue of of Batman and Superman were teaming up long before they met Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Right? Wait a second. So, so if there's a second there. Trinity, if there's a second Trinity, then 
then I think science dictates that there needs to be a trinity of trinities. So who would the other three be? The dark trinity. The dark trinity. Yeah. Red Hood, trinity Artemis, dark. and Bizarro. Mm. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could have yeah. like kind of an I don't know, an outsider trilogy of Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter. trying to think No, yeah, no. Martian Manhunter, Aquaman and Hawkman or Hawk Girl, yeah. depending on which one the Hawks. Because they're yeah. all kind of they're they're from stranger worlds and they're kind of the people that are Would not more you know, the more straightforward um, members of the the Justice League, they kind of come from their their different realities, their different worlds, and it's a bit more of an adjustment for them to be on a team with a bunch of would, regular humans. Would it be and a the, bad you actually idea make a to point replace in... the Thanagarians with Artemis? What? Would it be a bad pitch to replace the Thanagarians with Artemis? The, well, I, I'm saying just Amazon? like people on the Justice League. Yeah. Like if you if you if you had like oh, three yeah, trinities okay, on the go. Justice League, if you have like yeah. nine people and you have the main trinity, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the kind of like I don't even know what you would call them, the brave and the bold trinity yeah, of might Yeah, be. of of uh the hard traveling trinity. trinity. Oh, yeah, I like world's that. finest yeah. trinity of uh, of Barry, Hal and Ollie, then you have your outsider trilogy of um of of Hawkman, Ar- Arthur, John, and Carter, and, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. Aquaman, yeah, and and then you get Trinity Dark, yeah, and then you get yeah. the, the outside the Trinity. Third yeah, thing. I'm surprised they've never done that angle before. I always kind of thought that those three would get along. Huh? Maybe I should keep that in my back pocket. Uh, like Ar- Arthur, John, and uh, and Carter. Uh, and Carter, yeah, yeah. No, they they kind of had. Uh, Martian Manhunter with the bond with Hot Girl, but that was more like romantic slash maybe platonic. Yeah. But yeah, I'm surprised they never. Well, did. there Throw there Hawk was Woman instead of Carter. I love Hot Woman. Best one. Yeah. yeah. There there was the Justice League of America Zero issue in 2006, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and I know because I've read this issue like 1500 times. They actually talk mm-hmm. about that how. Clark, Diana, and Bruce all have their, like, secret meetings, but they know that other members of the League did, too. Like, Barry and Hal always had their adventures together. And then they go on to say Mm -hmm. Arthur and John have their own secret meetings together. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's already kind of canon, in a way. Yeah. (laughs) It's just missing that third character in in each pair, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there was, um... Oh, wait, no, I'm I'm thinking of something else. For some reason, I I think I was thinking of... uh, they, there was like a moment in the Aquaman the Becoming where it's like um, Arthur is going to Mars, but it said he was teaming up with Frankenstein, not John. But yeah, I don't know. next time he goes to Mars, maybe he should consider teaming up with his his green buddy, his For other green sure. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Anyway. Before anyway. we run out of time <laughs> for you, because you got a yeah. dip at seven. Um, yes. We're going to get into our full dive books for the week, books that are already existing, starting off with Wildcats number seven, brought to us by yourself, Brandon. Yes, Woo! yes. Wildcats number seven, brought to us this week, of course, by uh, our familiar team, um, sort of familiar at this point, um, written, of course, by Matthew Rosenberg, 
with art from Christian Duce and, um, sorry, I didn't write down the second name, Danny Kim with colors from Elmer Santos and Tony Avina and letters from Farron Delgado. After shooting the void, Cole is finding himself on a little magical mystery tour across the multiverse, which is frankly the worst place that Grifter could be. But I guess they just won't let you choose where you get zapped to after you kill and strange cosmonaut woman who sends you through the multiverse so that's what cole is up to back over on our earth at the very least um <coughs> excuse me lady tron is trying to break into the wreckage of the halo corporation uh but is meeting resistance thankfully uh marlo intervenes and while he's certainly not on her side Basically lets her stay there and then kind of tells her to fuck off um, after she's giving him lip. We catch up with Cole again, who is still going through his tour through multiple Earths, quickly discovering that on each Earth, Grifter has some kind of history, and he actually ends up on one Earth that may or may not be the original Wildstorm Earth as he encounters Hellspont of the original Wildcat series, which I thought was pretty funny. They don't delve into it further, just sort of mention that he has crimes to pay and that the Carabim that he works for will not win the war against the Daemonites. Again, anyone who read the original Wildcats will get that wink and nod. Uh, but back on our Earth, Lady Tron having kidnapped, um, I'm going to call her Voodoo because that's what I know her as, but I think she's just called Priscilla here, um, is trying to persuade her to help them locate Grifter as they believe he's not dead. And she is repeatedly insisting that tracking him across the multiverse is impossible. He's almost certainly landed somewhere in the sun or is dead by now or just somewhere impossible to locate. Um, and it's, it's frankly a useless venture. Uh, but Grifter finally lands on yeah. Earth yeah, where it seems like he's not quickly teleporting to. And it's yet another post-apocalyptic wasteland where he encounters a few old friends that we recognize um, and are taking him in, but are a little bit confused. And by now he's been to enough Earths that he knows the deal. And he's like, okay, yes, yes, I'm not the grifter you recognize. What do you care? Blah, 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 so-and-so. Um, and of course comes face-to-face -face with this universe's grifter and is like, all right, let's have it. You know, I get it's weird and strange, but let's just go on with it, only to discover that this world's grifter is not a coal cash or a coal cash variant, but is in fact his deceased brother, Max. Priscilla, who is still insisting that she can't locate him and, and frankly doesn't want to try, gets chided uh, by, um, oh my god, I'm forgetting her name from Gen 13, um, the, the redhead girl. Um, am I talking about? Oh, uh, Caitlin? Kate, yeah, Caitlin Fair, Fairchild. Um, yeah. Basically says, like, you're just choosing to quit and it's kind of a waste of time. And she's like, ah, whatever. I'm going to do what I want to do. Leave me alone. And uh, I guess that's the end of that. Though I'm sure they're going to sweet talk Voodoo into helping uh, find Grifter at some point or another. We cut back to this universe's version of the Batcave. <clears throat> where they are planning their next mission to locate someone that they believe will help them save the human race. And of course, he's hoping that it's not something that he will regret. 
But unfortunately, they inform him that the person they're trying to save is none other than Adriana, likely Adriana Tereshkova, a.k.a. the Void, the very person that Grifter just killed. Uh, this was fun. Um, I mean, it was a lot of just kind of Grifter hopping from Earth to Earth, which was fun, but I think you sort of get the idea after a while and eventually you're like, okay, what's next? Like, let's kind of ground this a little bit. But it was it was nice at the very least to see the kind of myriad of Earths that he was popping to um, and also to see the rest of the Wildcats are still kind of trying to, to continue their search for Cole and make sure that he's okay. They have that kind of loyalty. But I think really the point of this book is just like the Wildcats started working for Halo. Now they realize Halo's kind of full of shit and they're basically, once they get Grifter, they're going to kind of start their campaign against Halo and break off into their own. Like I, I'm starting to, to get the vibe that that's really the whole point of this book. And I think that's an interesting story, but ultimately I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like waiting to see when they get to that point because they've kind of already established that Halo and the Halo Corporation are not trustworthy, that Marlo is kind of a sketchy dude and they're not really comfortable working for him. There's not a lot of trust there, but they've kind of just been like floundering and they're like, okay, we don't trust him. We're going to try and go up against him, but like eventually. And it's like, okay, but you know, we've known this for a while now. Like, let's get to it. Um, so. I assume once Grifter makes his return or they end up saving him, that's when they'll eventually start that process. Um, but aside from that, solid stuff. Artwork was pretty good. There was some stuff that wasn't great, but you know, for the most part, it was functionable. So there's that. Um, but yeah, no, the uh, issue gets a 7.75 out of 10 for me. Wow. Um, I, I like the art for the most part. It wasn't like up to the standards of what it what it usually is but i i still liked it um that first page dude a creepy ass jonah hex joker cowboy dude that was fucked up but uh and i can't help but wonder if voodoo will rat the wildcats out to marlo like um uh the this story has caught me off guard with every single issue and uh it's been it's been a hell of a ride uh for both me and cole uh kill the void and then have to save her um and which one is there a chance like that the void is the same void in every universe uh the art from danny kim and christian deuce is absolutely great colors from santos and avena are just as good and while the story is crazy, it's it's the it's the right kind of crazy for the Wildcats. Um, is is this a ongoing or is it just twelve issues? It's it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing right now. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. That was right. one of my questions. Is this an ongoing yet? Because I couldn't remember. Because it freaking has yeah. to be. <laughs> I hope so. It gets an eight point seven five out of me. Uh, I I'm just looking something up right now because I can't remember the name they keep bringing up uh the name they keep bringing up yeah is it emp emp yeah yeah um i i had to look it up because i i understandably am not yeah not necessarily understandably but remember if you do that i i am not too brushed up on wildstorm comics uh but yeah 
After looking up, wait a M second, Brandon. You always, you yeah, you looked up. His name is Emp. I've always called him EMP. M. Yes, Lord Emp of the Carabim or of the Cara or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's if you read the 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 basically what is the first arc of the Wildcat series, the first four issues, they kind of establish the whole mythology of the Daemonites versus the Carabim. I know way too much about this shit, and I'm kind of embarrassed, honestly. <laughs> hey, don't, really, don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't be. Uh, yeah, it was I mean, like, I knew I, it at I, one time. I think I, I, I think we were recording when I told you guys last year when I was just like, there was a point last spring, actually, where it was just, I went through all of the Image Founders miniseries. So I read Wildcat, right. Cyberforce, uh, the first six issues of Spawn, the first, regrettably... Like four or five issues of Youngblood, um, uh, Shadowhawk, the first Shadowhawk miniseries, and um, um, what am I forgetting? Oh, Savage Dragon. Hmm. Um, and nice. Yeah, all all of that stuff is like it's. I I mean, some of it I've kind of pushed out of my mind because I'm just like I don't ever need this, but some of it stuck with me. Wildcats is definitely the best of those, which is not a very high bar. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's why I like the, the knowledge I have of some of this early image stuff and some of the early Wildstorm stuff is, uh, is shocking and kind of concerning. Yeah. Like I, looking it up, I, I was definitely shocked to yeah. find out who Amp really is, um, at least on the wiki who they really are, yeah. uh, which I probably spoiled some of the story for myself by doing that. But if, <laughs> if you already know Wildstorm, yeah. then you know what's coming. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't feel like I spoiled much. I'll just pretend like I already knew. Um, but I think that's interesting. This 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 whole kerfuffle that uh, I'll, I'll, call it a, I'll call it a kerfuffle for now. That kerfuffle. Cole has got himself into this multiversal kerfuffle. Try to say Nathai times fast. Um, multiversal kerfuffle. Multiversal kerfuffle. Nope. It's not going to no, happen. See, you can't do it. You can't do it. Multiversal Multiversal Nope. Yeah. Uh, at some point, you're just going to say fuck. Yeah. I just did. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the, this this multiversal fuckful is, is definitely something Cole has... Has, has got his hands full with and some interesting stops he's made along the way even to like the seven soldiers of victory i thought that was really cool to see um and just the main story going on back in and i imagine that's still earth zero if that's what it's being called now um with the the rest of the the wildcats team just a whole bunch of like it's turning into a a real espionage type book uh complete with throwbacks to old school wildcat stories and uh just other dc stuff at large like it's it's gotten really freaking interesting and it was interesting to begin with um damn happy it's an ongoing i know i keep forgetting i'll probably keep saying that until we get to issue 13 uh because <laughs> that seems to be the cutoff for what's consisting of an I, ongoing I, I think the reason why i do it is like this isn't gonna end right yeah um, <laughs> exactly because there there should be no end <laughs> just just keep having cole get into hijinks and shenanigans and kerfuffles that's the recipe for success when it comes to the wildcats 
Just exactly. don't take them. Don't take them down the. What do you think, Brandon? Don't take them down the uh, rabbit hole of giving grifter psychic powers again. Yeah, that would. That, that, that seems like a bad idea. No, he's he's cool as he is. Yeah, very he's cash much money. So. That was that yeah. was a very bad time in grifter's existence. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Um, and and lastly before we move on and give my score uh lady tron is my favorite fucking character <laughs> don't call her lady yeah. tron no don't call her lady tron but she's my favorite fucking character she's so freaking great uh Actually, I, I i could be messing this up but i'm pretty sure lady tron is either an alan moore creation or a james robinson creation believe it or not huh wow that's yeah. interesting that is interesting, know. yeah. I gotta look that up. That, yep, that's Alan Moore. Alan Moore, wow. Alan Moore Fisher-esque. Interesting. Yeah. I, anyone remotely curious, Alan Moore had a brief, like, 16, 17-issue run in the Wildcats because I think he realized that the image cash cow was not stopping anytime soon and he wanted <laughs> to collect some checks while he could, and he did. Fair um, enough. And that run is, from what I've heard, not great but if you're curious <laughs> it's out there yeah. so you know well, check it out he he got paid and he, he got paid he was happy. <laughs> yeah yeah he got People that cool usually cash money. are happy when they got paid yeah exactly uh all in all though nine out of ten for wildcats number seven really enjoyed it i'm loving it nice. is that the old mcdonald's slogan i'm loving it anyway Moving on to our last book of the week. It's also the last issue of this series as it was a limited series. Uh, We don't normally do uh, limited series like this, but this is just good enough and important enough to talk about. This is Stargirl, the Lost Children, number six. Brought to us by Jeff Johns with art from Todd Nock. Colors from Matt Herms and letters from Rob Lee. We pick up exactly where we left off, uh, somewhat our man from the future, or, uh, okay, Courtney from present day is giving us a rundown of our man from the future and what uh, he means to her and his recent history, or old his future history. <laughs> Time travel is confusing. Uh, then we <laughs> jump back into the... Uh, I don't remember what the island's called. The Island of No Time, I will say, uh, where our man has, as we know, betrayed the children of the past and frozen them in time with his android powers. Again, very confusing character, but he's from the 853rd century where science has no meaning. Uh, Stargirl is the only child left untouched, and she's doing her best to take out the egg machines with her cosmic rod. Uh, Cosmic Rod, right? Not Cosmic Staff. I don't have that wrong. Right, thank you. Uh, I forget what its name is, though. It's got a name. Yeah, I don't remember either. I don't remember. I I think she says it during this, but I don't remember the name right now. Um, Yeah, She's asking what the hell happened to him because she did serve with him on the Justice Society for a time. uh, And he explains that he has been forgotten to time alongside all these children uh, for some reason after his his fight with Extant he was just forgotten 
or during or before his fight with Exit. We don't know exactly when, but at some point along that timeline, uh, people just forgot he existed. And let's face it, nobody forgot he existed. We were waiting for him to come back, damn it. <laughs> but, but at least in that universe, he thinks everyone forgot he existed. Courtney takes the fight to Childminder at the time, who she then shoots Childminder in the face with a blast, uh, breaking her mask, and you see the old bird lady face underneath it, which Mother Goose. is infinitely more disturbing than the mask. <laughs> I think I liked the mask better. Um, really that, fucking that's weird. That's who nose. it's supposed to be, right? Mother Goose? I think so. Yeah, I think that was the idea. Yeah. That they were portraying. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, they flat out said something about it being nursery rhymes and shit. I know it yeah. was Mother Goose or Old Mother Harvard, and I'm pretty sure it was yeah, Mother something Goose. something like that. Or both. Yeah. Who knows? But something. basically, most nursery rhymes are based on on Childminder. The the witch from Hansel and Gretel, even. Who knows? The, the bear from Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I don't know. Could be anything. Um, three bears and Goldilocks and the three bears. But she was one of them. Or all three. We don't know the extent of Childbinder's powers. Yeah. <laughs> or will we ever find out? Because after taking down uh, Childminder in a way, kind of just breaking her mask, and then she gets really pissed off and doesn't do anything. Uh, Courtney then goes straight for our man. Uh, who then uses his power to siphon the time from Courtney, uh, the life, uh, the time, like life from Courtney, uh, turning her 50 years older into an old woman uh, and is supposed to put it into Childminder. But then Corky Baxter shows up and with a throw of Crockett, Crockett attacks our man right in the face. And who wants raccoon wounds on your face? Definitely Nobody. not Peter Griffin. Yeah. Definitely so, not Peter yeah, Griffin. Nobody. <laughs> Definitely not Peter Griffin, yeah. Or anybody um, in the Guardians of the Galaxy. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Wait a second. He's uh, not a why is he called Rocket Raccoon, damn it? I don't know. <laughs> in the comics. Take, take it up with him, yeah. dude. Yeah, I don't think I want to. I, I don't want to get shot in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Corky catches Courtney. That, yeah. I said that right? Yes. <laughs> that was weird. Cor- Corky catches Courtney. Okay. Yes. Um, and since Crockett kind of interrupted our man's uh, power, so I was going to say spell, but not really. That'd be too much for an android to do magic as well. Uh, talk to Red Tornado about that. Uh, Courtney gets her age back and reverts back to her, I believe, 17-year-old self. Uh, then... Because our man was the one holding all the young heroes hostage, the spell on them breaks as well. Pardon me for magic use again. And they're all freed from their time bubbles. And they're all ready to take the fight to Childminder and our man together. Because as Courtney or no Boom says, they have each other. And away they go, all the young heroes fighting together as Courtney bounces around with her cosmic staff, or cosmic rod, rather, I screwed up that time, and goes straight for our man, uh, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, as Corky um, tries to shut down the time storm that has opened up around them. Uh, Our man's programming 
that is starting to fix itself and his mind is slowly coming loose but it is too late his true master is here and it is none other than corky baxter time master and much older rip hunter aged version of corky baxter and an older version of crockett who has seen some fucking shit and he's dead (laughs) Yeah, uh, Crockett looks like he's lost an eye at that. Like, God damn, I want to read his stories from the 90s. Anyway, uh, our man gets the cosmic rod, blasts Courtney with it, uh, and old Corky and young Corky are there trying to talk at what the hell's happening. At least young Corky is uh, saying, I would never do this. They're my friends. What are you doing? And old Corky was like, come on, Corky, you know what? is really going to happen. You know what you have to do. You're not here to rescue them. You're here to kill one of them. Inadvertently, not directly, indirectly kill one of them. He has to put at least one back in place in their time or the universe will be destroyed. Uh, As young Corky tries to attack him, he gets hit with a time blast, I guess, and is kind of frozen in place. As our man is also going through the same thing, because Boom has vibrated her hands through his head into his brain and takes it out of his head, where uh, the young uh, Mr. Terrific sidekick, oh, I think his name was Fairplay, sorry, I couldn't remember his name, but Fairplay is using his intellect to try and figure out what the hell happened and finds a device that was embedded in his brain, uh, our man's brain, and removes it, which puts our man back to normal. Childminder uh, is back up and is about to attack all the young heroes again but gets hit by a blast from the time storm reverting her to a young age all the way back to an egg uh, where some of the young heroes pick it up and try to figure out what the hell they're going to do with that uh she got her wish she is young again albeit much younger than she wanted uh corky old corky is understandably pissed off uh hates everyone but our man now back to his old self uses his abilities and blasts old Corky into the time storm, uh, seemingly destroying it and him. But that time storm, while it's destroyed, instead turns into a time vortex, sucking everyone in, including Wing, who is the one that is fated to go back to his time and die. As Corky catches him, or no, Courtney catches him. Sorry, I got the names mixed up. Courtney catches him, uh, and everyone is holding on to Courtney. Uh, in a very awesome looking scenario um as wing says look i have to go i know what's happening i was teleported here as i was about to die saving the world it needs to happen let me go this is my choice and he lets go and is uh as we know dies saving the world as all the other young heroes are transported back to courtney's time in the present day all the young sidekicks from the golden age are now in the modern age and oh boy this is going to be interesting because there's there's like freaking 20 of them there's as many young heroes here as there are night terror uh, (laughs) tie-ins i mean what's more (laughs) some of the heroes that these sidekicks served along have been dead and have legacy replacements which is going to be yeah quite an interesting dynamic yeah you know salem the witch girl and 
Khalid and Fairplay and this version of, of Mr. Terrific, Michael Holt and yeah, all these so many <laughs> kind of strange dynamics. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see what what uh, Judy Garrick's reaction to her father being like 70 yeah. is going to be <laughs> like, yeah. how do you deal yeah, with but that? Now, again, built like a brick shithouse. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may be 70, Dude but he's going to last till 140. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Superman. 1,040, probably. Yeah. All right, so the day is saved. Wing is mourned, and the seven soldiers of victory reform, uh, if only for the day, to honor Wing's passing. Uh, but also, maybe, just maybe, they'll come together again when needed. Uh, even Crimson Avenger agreed to that. Uh, Courtney decides, uh, despite being part of the justice society and technically the seven soldiers as well, which I think is her other team. Uh, she wants to start a third, which she wants to call the young justice society. Uh, exciting stuff there. And in an epilogue, we see rip Hunter talking to Corky, young Corky in the time lab. Uh, young Corky is understandably disheveled and upset that his older self becomes such a bad, horrible person as Rip says, look, you have the the opportunity to change this. You won't necessarily become that guy. I've seen to it that uh, he does not come back. Um, and you're becoming a real-time master. Don't worry. Maybe I'll pick you up something nice from the Old West. That's your favorite time, right? Uh, and that's where it ends. And then we get to see more of Stargirl and the Young Justice Society in Justice Society of America number 6 when it eventually comes out whenever that may be. Um, yeah. Ending with a big tease, as per Jeff Johns, I do love it. It's it's always cool to see. The Young Justice Society could be very cool since we really don't have any other young super team active right now. The only problem is it's freaking massive. There's so many people here. Um, I'm not necessarily against that. It's just it's going to be a huge undertaking and a lot of voices to cover. And see, man, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, we're, I don't think we got to be looking at a legion type situation here. It's, it's got to be certainly. There's only some of them are going to be on the team. Yeah, I imagine certain ones, Molly Pitcher, for example, and um, Betsy, Betsy Ross. Ross. Yeah, fair play, maybe like some, maybe some of the ones that like have that that JSA connection. Uh, Airway, for example, probably will not be, but we'll see. Because he, he's he's the biggest question mark I have is why Airwave is even included. Because, and I did a little bit of research on this. I know I might be going over with, with Brandon here. I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to get this out because I haven't yet. This, this has to be the Hal Jordan Airwave because if it's Larry Jordan, Larry Jordan was an adult when he became Airwave. Uh, he wasn't a kid because he was already a lawyer when he he discovered the technology to manipulate airwaves, mm-hmm. and and he died, um, as a lawyer, not even as a superhero. <laughs> uh, so it's got to be the Hal Jordan because this is a young version. But this Hal Jordan airwave debuted in the Bronze Age, not in the Golden Age, and it's still around. Rob means it because he's thumping in a rhythm as he speaks. Oh, you can hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I'm doing that to, to, to remember the points. Like, okay, this is it. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize how loud that was. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's that's the thing that's bugging me is just the fact that Airwave is around. And I know he was the bronze. I, I fucking read it last week in Green Lantern 100. I, 
I, I just read it and like I know it was the Bronze Age for Hal Jordan. Um, so I just I find that curious, and I'm curious to see if this version of Airwave is going to stick around, especially since we saw Airwave in the Grant Morrison Green Lantern series as well in that annual, which was really fucking good. Um, but everybody else is, is pretty cool. I also get the feeling we're not done with adult Corky. His reasoning for all of this was a little vague apart from wing has to die. But if that's the whole reason, why was he stealing all these other kids? I, I don't really get it. Um, apart from that, he's a series. collector. He's got to have the whole set. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, 8.75 out of 10 for this issue. I very much look forward to more Justice Society. Yeah, I'm the same way, dude. I mean, I'll be damned. It was a damn good run. Jeff Johns, slam dunk again. Hell of a story. Young Justice Society idea is cool. Awesome is, uh, the art is awesome. Uh, 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, um, I gotta, gotta kind of speed run this, but I pretty much echo most of what you said. I'll be, uh, sad to see this book go. It was a really fun six issue series, and I hope they, they yeah. have the chance to do another one soon. And, um, like you said, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic of sidekicks and the, uh, in the modern day, especially with, you know, the people who have inherited their mentors' namesakes and for the people who've just lost their families, I think, which the only person who wasn't an orphan was Ladybug or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. interesting. But, uh, yeah, no, 8.5 out of 10 for me. Right on. Right on. All right. Well, I so guess, should we move for, on? Uh, yeah, top three and favorite moment if you had one. Brandon, you want to kick us off? All right, yes. I will kick you off, and then I got to... I got a jet like Hal Jordan. Um, so at number three, I have do it green. Yeah. And of course, uh, more, more like Barry Allen, as, as you know, I can, uh, be very flash. Like, uh, number three, I have spirit world. Number two, star girl, the lost children, number six and number one had to give it to green lantern, which I'm sure I will not be the only person on this show with green lantern at number one favorite moment, (laughs) easily, the last page of Green Lantern. But honestly, pretty much every scene in that Another Time, Another Place sequence in um, the the uh, the backup story was, was the really backup. great too. And the whole, like, I mean, even if it doesn't flow in the iambic pentameter, the whole backup, you know, oath with the, the lantern in the dark was just cool as hell and beautifully illustrated. So that was Definitely. my top ten. Right on. Right on. Uh, before you uh, jet out, I, I will. I, I just want to confirm it while we're on air. Uh, I'll, I'll tease it again for the listeners. Uh, Two p.m. on Saturday is still good for you, or is that yes, too late? Yeah. No, okay, that's good. all right, okay. perfect. All right, okay, sounds good. All right, all right. Best of luck. All right, Brandon. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's my fault that we always go on too long because my my summaries are always really long. Uh, but he usually has to jet around seven o'clock when we record on Thursdays. Uh, so that's why we're always cutting it to a little too close for him. Um, I'll do my top three now though. Uh, number three, I had spirit world. Number one, number two, I had wildcats. Number seven and number one, I had star girl, the lost children. Uh, no, no, I had green lantern. Number one. I think that's no surprise. My favorite moment is also. Just like Brandon's, uh, the last page, Hal controlling the green blast, making a new ring was so badass. Uh, I really liked that. 
It was pretty cool, man. Um, well, shit, y'all. All right, I'm going to change it. Um, my top three. <laughs> um, number three went to Wildcats. Number two went to Batman Inc. And number one went to Spirit World. Number one, man. Um, everything was super good this week. And my favorite moment is going... My favorite moment is going to be uh, on the TV when I looked down and I was like, Jesus Christ, is that Midnighter? <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I was glad to find out that it wasn't. <laughs> so I'll, I'll pick that one as my favorite moment. Right on. Wait, sorry, for which which moment are you talking about? In uh, Wildcats? Oh, in, in Batman Inc. Um, oh okay when, okay when it was yeah. on the news for the hostage situation the guy it was a side profile of uh oh what the hell was the guy's name what the uh, corvus call is, right, yeah. is the guy's name and uh yeah yeah from side profile he looks like midnighter i was like is that yeah. like a midnighter <laughs> <laughs> at a second glance there now i only yep. asked about wildcats because he wasn't that issue which was was pretty freaking cool um yeah so that was our favorite moments now it's time for your favorite moments it is well um do you have one Brandon wrote Brandon. Oh, you do have one. Oh my goodness. I do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, then by all means, let's go ahead and start that over because it definitely deserves a proper introduction. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, it was our favorite moment. Now it's time for your favorite moments. It is the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, uh, not not completely nasty. Yeah, uh, we we do know Brandon did not have one this week. He he liked everything. Uh, Josh, did you have one? The so <laughs> the least impressive thing that I read this week was the uh, free comic book day dawn of DC night terrors. Um, yeah, can you really count that though? <laughs> no, uh, no, exactly. I can't really count that. So, I mean, other than me just really not liking Danger Street, I did not have one from this week. Fair enough. Um, I I do have one, and I I put this kind of lightly. Like, it's not fully a stinker. It's maybe just a weird smell. <laughs> You know, it's like a, with, with, something you did, don't did, want. Did somebody fart or is that just a weird flower? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a weird Batman flower. Inc. number eight just kind of left a weird taste in my mouth. Like, like it's enjoyable, but there's something about it I just can't get into either. There's something about it I just I don't care about. <laughs> it's it's really weird. I don't know. It's, I, I just I can't get fully invested into the, into the story and as much as I am enjoying it. Yeah. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. I know you guys are, are really enjoying it. That's that's great. I am I, I am, am kind of enjoying it too. But it's it's uh, the book I'm looking forward to the least every week or every month rather. So I don't know. That's well, that's, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Well, all right then. Yeah. Dar with she that. There she be indeed. <laughs> With that, that is our show. So if you feel like supporting us, check out our Discord server for only $2.99 a month. 
visit our website at notarobotpodcast.com for links to our discord as well as our twitter instagram shows etc much more there and subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews articles and more and as always there's only one way we say goodbye around here until next time be good to each other and don't be a robot Yeah, so, um, Holly has convinced me that, uh, in order for me to continue on hating Tom King for as much as, as, much as I do, that I need to go revisit, um, a few of his books. So, <laughs> I said, there's no way I'm doing Supergirl, um, I said. Did, did you uh, finish you, Supergirl, or did you quit? Yeah. Your issues and oh, okay. No, I read the whole. I I punished myself all the time. Um. So I I'm reading my greatest adventure, like the original series, but then I'm reading uh, the Omega Men again, and I'm reading Grayson and Mr. Miracle again. Okay. Nice. Yeah, those are, uh, so Grayson, you might really enjoy. Sorry, what was the first one? It was Grayson, Mr. Miracle, and what else? Omega Man? Omega Man. Okay. Check out uh, Sheriff of Babylon, too. That was another one. No, I have not. I suppose I should. Set in Iraq 2003, so it's right after the fall of Baghdad. Um, and it's basically like this crime thriller set in the city. This mysterious bar. And, uh, well, not mysterious, just like a bar. It's, it's really kind of more to focus on the characters in this particular setting. Uh, maybe he'll be like Tynan, where I'll like, where I'll like his shit when he's not on tape. Yeah. Um, Plus, it's fitting too, because you know, Tom was, uh, was, I think, stationed in Iraq. I don't know if it was at that same time. I, my guess would be yes. He was in the CIA at the time, right? Yeah. 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 He, was, he was like a, a, like a, a mental profiler. Yeah, yeah. psychological yeah. profiler. Yeah, psych, psych, yeah psychological profiler. That's it. That's the word I was forgetting. Like, since I learned that background of his, like, I, I appreciated the first half of Heroes of Crisis a bit more. Yeah. No, I mean, and I appreciate, uh, like, when when he does the, those really fucked up stories, like, okay, he's got that yeah. kind of background. It's, uh, it's absolutely, yeah, it definitely yeah. shows him in that especially because the brutality so, of what it was like to be overseas at that time. I've also decided that when I need to take a break from Tom King, because there's absolutely no chance in hell <laughs> that I won't need to. Um, I've got the greatest adventures, like I mentioned, that I'm reading through, but also to break it up. Uh, I haven't read most of these, but Tangent did a, like a whole individual crossover deal with DC a while back. And put out five, ten, fifteen, eighteen books. Um, 
Ted Bandy comics version of Wonder Woman, fucking The Flash, The Joker, The Secret Six, Green Lantern, all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. So I'll be I'll be checking those out. Yeah. Yeah, that was some good but stuff. I will. I'll put Sheriff of Babylon on my fucking um on my reading list, and I'll 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 put uh Forever Evil on on the collections too, Rob. So you should just be able to poke in there and grab them up. Are you reading the um, the New Fifty Two, My Greatest Adventure, or the the sixties original? Oh, all eighty five issues sir, from nineteen fifty five. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's an interesting goal, but uh, all the power <laughs> to you, I guess. <laughs> it's mostly just like anthology, or like well, not anthology. Actually, no, I think it might be. For my memory, it was yeah, it was like a. 50s anthology title and then issue 80 is my first so I mean that's what I mean it's something I can pick up and put down and it's right it's all campy schlocky 1950s shit so it's you know it's something I can enjoy without worrying about getting invested into it oh, same thing like the tangent books yeah you, do you guys remember that at all yeah, I remember Flash and Green Lantern were like the two most popular. Yeah, because it has the that the tangent Green Lantern has shown up periodically and then there's yeah. the, the Morrison Green Lantern obviously. Um, yeah. A pretty big uh, player. Yeah. Tangent Flash I know took, took like showed up a few times too. Yeah, and like multiverse stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that that issue is actually pretty good. It's like um, uh, I know J.H. Williams is the art. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't know that I ever read the original Tandem Superman, but I read Superman's Reign. Tandem Superman's Reign, and that was weird. Yeah, the Superman. It's a black guy, and he looks kind of like. Just judging, I didn't read the original one, and it, just judging by it, it looks like he's inspired almost by Black Adam. He's got like a black kind, robe, kind of, yellow he trim. He kind of is. It, it's a it's a very uh, godlike being. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the Joker kind of reminds me of uh, um, Flashpoint Beyond Martha Wayne. Yeah. It's almost like a direct ripoff. <laughs> I don't remember much else about the same world. I think Wonder Woman was like an actual. The Flash looks like Starfire. Yeah. yeah. No, I sometimes yeah. get it confused with the Just Imagine line. Those oh yeah. So there's a part of me that's like, Maybe wait. Yeah, I don't. I just don't the, remember. Just imagine ones were not that great, man. I mean, yeah. just being yeah. honest, I wish they were, but those are bad. Yeah, I, I took a look at those again last year and year before. It wasn't as good as you think. I'm interested in what this Nightwing Night Force thing is all about. There's Nightwing and then there's Nightwing Night Force. Uh, so that interesting. Brandon? Yeah. So what? Does that sound familiar? Oh no, I I have no idea. Yeah, no, I I mean I know I know Night Force. I, or, oh, so it's Andrew. I'm thinking of. Um, I might I might be thinking of like the Night Force book from Marvel Wolfman and Gene Colan, but 
I don't think that has anything to do with the Tangent one. Oh, it's, uh, I'm not sure okay. what that one is. Well, yeah, yeah, if, you, if you look, is John the Rogue, yeah. yeah, the Rogue team of Hex, Black Orchid, Wildcat, and Gravedigger have now become Nightwing's secret defense team, the Night Force. No, I know nothing about that. Their mission to enter a still communist Russia and to free the captured members of the group. Holy fuck, I'm reading the shit out Which, of that. Holy crap, the, the tangent Doom Patrol is Doomsday, Firehawk, Star Sapphire, and Rampage. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm down. Oh god, I won't go abandon down being like a motherfucker right now. That was Dan Jerkins to the Doom Patrol, too. Uh, so, the, you, you'll be able to test my theory, though, that Tom King stories are read best in one go, instead of waiting across 12 months, and that if you read it as, as a collection, it does read a lot better. Uh, well, see, not just you know what? Theory, I remember when you... I, 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 uh, I attempted to... Uh, who the hell was it? Somebody. Maybe it was you. I don't know. I, somebody gave me the idea to try and do that with Bat Cat. That was Bat I shouldn't have done it. I, I, that I, was I, me. Like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. <laughs> That's just a bad thing. <laughs> but I will. I'll give this a shot. I will. Uh, I'll probably start with Grayson because he's only like half of Grayson, right? Uh, yeah. It's like the first like 16, 17 issues. Um, then, because um, it's it's weird. Like the book is really good. Yeah, no, it's um, no Tim Seeley and Tom King write pretty much like eighty percent of the book, maybe eighty five percent, and then like the last three or four issues are written by Jackson Lansing and Colm Kelly who were basically told like okay the book is gonna end and Dick is gonna go back to being Nightwing so just wrap this up so we can go on to either. so that's why the ending is like it's not bad it's just a little rushed but yeah, pretty much everything before that is, that is good yeah because yeah. they, they were basically just like okay like we gotta go like get the spiral and Autonet's plot and all that stuff like wrap it up uh, because we're, we're relaunching everything in like three months because Rebirth is coming so keep it moving um, but yeah, everything else before that is pretty good. Yeah, now that you explain that, it, it, it explains a lot. I was wondering yeah. why that the ending was so kind of weird. Hmm. Alright, we should get back into it though, because we got yes. a little over an hour before you got to yeah. get it. Yes. <laughs> 